in Dominique in the Eastern Caribbean, the afternoon time is 1 p.m. Monday, 5th of September, 2002. The children return to school today. Students across Dominica return to school today. And they're just breaking now for lunch. There's some ending the school day, others beginning the school day. Uh, we hope it was successful. We hope it will be successful. Those of you have to continue on for the rest of the day, and you had a good start to the school year. This afternoon, we're going to have some uh, conversations with some patriots of the land. Uh, we're going to talk about the issues, and uh, we'll take your phone calls. We'll make it interactive. All right. God bless you. Thank you for joining us. Responding to concerns about the effect on St. Lucia's Creole Heritage activities slated for October, as many St. Lucian patrons of the Dominica Music Festival had there during the same period, 
Culture and Creative Industries Minister Dr. Ernest Hiller remained optimistic about the potential of St. Lucia's Creole Heritage Month to become the biggest national festival and attract thousands of visitors to St. Lucia's shores. But I believe Creole Heritage Month can become even bigger and certainly the June Creole celebration, which is the last weekend, can become our biggest celebration in St. Lucia. But like you said, it coincides with Dominica Music Festival. And for somebody like me, who for the last few years attended every Dominica Music Festival, um, it's a real difficult situation to be in because, um, you know, you usually go to Dominica for Creole, um, for their, their Creole Festival and now we have um, you know, Junior Creole Institution and I have responsibilities in that regard. Dr. Hiller thinks the time has come to brainstorm on ways to grow the Creole Festival. This will call for related agencies like the Cultural Development Foundation, CDF, the Folk Research Center, FRC, and the events company to engage in a discussion that is capable of coming up with ideas to outdo their Dominican counterparts. I believe we have the skills, we have the capacity to be even bigger than Dominica. You just have to look at Dominica's lineup for Creole Festival this year, and you can see that they've come all out That's to a make major sure. It's a major, major. I mean, I know some of the artists that will be performing, and I know what it takes to get them to come to perform. Um, so we now need to sit down and strategize um, how we're going to maneuver in this regard. A joint marketing approach so that all the islands involved can enjoy mutual benefits is also an option. For the DBS News World, I'm Don Nicholas. I listened to the clipping uh, uh, where St. Lucia is aspiring to develop their own Creole Music Festival. And, you know, uh, believe you me, I was disgusted by what the minister had to say. Uh, it's one thing to develop your, your, your festival or whatever activity you want to develop in your country. But to make it clear that you want to directly compete with Dominica, I think this is a disgusting statement in light of the fact that these people always talk about OECS unity and one Caribbean. How are you going to compete against Dominica with the one thing that we have in our country, the one thing that we have developed in Dominica, which is our World Music Creole Festival? I mean, uh, uh, St. Lucia has its uh, jazz festival. Uh, no one is trying, we are not trying to compete with your jazz festival. Why don't you just leave us alone before a World Creole Music Festival? Uh, Mr. Linton, I don't believe that these regional leaders have any interest in Dominica. And they like the state in which Dominica has descended into. The state of no development, the state of desperation, the states uh, where there's mendicancy, no jobs for its people, they love it. Look at what they did to stop Dominica from achieving free and fair election. They all came together, binded together, and sent in the RSS to shoot and tear gas Dominicans who were just fighting for exactly what they have in the country, electoral reform. So these people are uh, interested and not in, um, is, um, to Dominicans. No, to Dominica. I mean, uh, Mr. Linton, I, I, I am just really upset about that, and I just don't even understand why these people would just make that blatant statement that they are going in for the, for the festival, to develop the festival, and it is in direct competition with Dominica. And around the same time, call it simultaneous to that of Dominica's. I, I don't understand how these people uh, claim OECS unity. Where is the unity? Where is the unity? These people are just a bunch of greedy gangsters fighting and hoping that Dominica remains in the, in the abyss in which it is. Disgusting, and I am very upset. Thank you. Afternoon time, coasting along 110. This is uh, Talk on the Block. Today is Monday, the 5th of 
September in the year 2022 and uh, joined this afternoon by two well-known gentlemen um, nationally. Uh, they are part of the Moon Sewier group. I'm pleased to be with uh, Kashmir Richards, better known as Bujou, and uh, Davidson Julian. I think his folks know him better as Pyro. So they're in the house with us this afternoon. Um, welcome. Good to see you. Nice to be with you. Good afternoon. Good afternoon to all Dominicans. And first thing I'd like to do is extend my condolences to um, the Cambron and Benoit family for their tragic sudden loss of their son, our brother Byron Benoit. So my condolences to the, to, to the families. Okay. That was uh, Kashmir Richards. That was Bujou. Uh, Davidson Julian is is known to us, but had a very interesting experience recently. He's the guy that's supposed to be committing <laughs> an offence in in October that has been predicted, and therefore he appeared in the court in, <laughs> in, you yeah, know, the in on the twenty sixth of August to, to answer the charge for the thing you're supposed to do. What what, what was that? You're supposed to, you're supposed to not be wearing a mask to the tw on the seventh of October, right? Yeah, in a public place. So what, what, so what, what, tell me, before we get into this, what happened when you got to court? Well, when I got to court, they never even considered the date or nothing like that. It just mm -hmm. went straight into, because it was an error in the date. Okay. You know, so, but the case started, <laughs> well, Grove Charles is the, um... Investigating officer. Investigating officer, plaintiff, is all in one witness. Mm -hmm. I, I don't understand how... Justice supposed to be served when one person is a witness, an investigating officer, uh, complainant. I just he's the one, one person just pushing one vibe. So, right. so where where is that matter now? It was adjourned. Yeah, to the twenty third, I think, of this month, twenty third of September. Mm. Right. So in a couple of weeks' time. Kashmir Richards, how are things going? For now, things are going okay, I would say. Okay. Yeah. How is the country? How is the country? <laughs> that is a very difficult question to mm. answer at the moment. <laughs> the country in general, I would say, is rather, or the people of the country, I would say, um, are rather low on energy at the present moment based okay. on the given situations that they are facing. We, the people of Dominica, are battling on many fronts. And all that battling is draining the, draining the people's energy. So the people of Dominica at the present moment, I feel seemingly hopeless and, right, and need to gather themselves together to rekindle their spirits. The, 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 the low energy you talk about, would you think that has something to do, or your suggestion has something to do with all of the things that the, the people are struggling with? the high cost of living, prices are rising, money is not getting any more in people's hands and so on. So, so there's that day-to-day -day struggle to survive. That's what you think is sapping the energy of the people? Yes, I believe that is what is sapping the energy of the people. And the whole idea of the people of Dominica seem to feel that they're not in a position to change anything. There's a great saying in Dominica called, so it is. Say or, or Dominica that dear. And we need to get past those two statements so it is, because it's not so we want it to be. Mm -hmm. So therefore we should act different if it's not so we want it. It's not so it is. Mm -hmm. We shouldn't accept it just because somebody or we... No, we are strong people. Our back have been against the wall. It is time for us to understand what is going on within our society. Who are the people destroying this society? And how we as a people need to come together to solve the problems facing Dominica. Because the problems can only be solved by togetherness. Mm -hmm. Only be solved by togetherness. Let, let me suggest this to you. Uh, or let, me, let me say this. <laughs> you, you are you're Dominican. You're Dominican. I'm Dominican. We, we all, you know. We all have a connection to this rock. But we are on, we're on God's earth. We are, we are human beings. All of us 
are born with that free spirit. The, we're born with the blessing to be free, to be able to say, speak our mind, to be able to build our lives, enjoy ourselves, expand our influence, make more money, accumulate assets, become more influential. That, that's how we are supposed to be ruling as human beings. And what we do not like as human beings is obstacles to that. Obstacles to our freedom, obstacles to our ability to thrive, not just survive, or ability to grow and become better and better. And wherever we see, wherever we see obstacles to that, we want to get rid of those obstacles. So, so that's where your head is, right? <laughs> and and you, want, you want to, there's some of us who also, for those who don't see the obstacles, we want to help them to see it. And we want to help them to move the obstacles as well. But that, like, it, like you just said, Lennox, right? Um, we as a people, we as people, human beings, I mean, we, we, we all want to be successful. We all want to live a comfortable life. I don't think nobody really wants to live a life of, of hardship and, and a life of... Pain. Yeah, you know, so... We, we don't like pain. Right, so we come together and we form societies and historically that's what it came down to. And, and in the society we have structures and, and laws and so on to govern us as a people. We give up some of our powers mm. so we can all be comfortable, supposedly. So we have a constitution... Which, suppose, which is a social contract that's supposed to set certain grounds and certain standards for our interaction. And right now we see like one group of people could violate the constitution as they feel like, and there's no consequence. Mm -hmm. And we see in it every day. You know, so we as rightful thinking people take up our responsibility and, and want to bring that awareness to everybody right. so we can understand as a society what is going wrong and where it is going wrong. So we're not just acting out like we're crazy or, or, or nothing like that. You know, we, we, we want to be relevant points, things right. that, that, that people can see, you know, right. the violation, the, 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 the discrimination, the, all those things that happen in, in Dominica. You know, and, and, and we're supposed to be striving to get rid of them things. Mm. And, and as far as I can see, it looks like the system, the political system, the governance structure mm. is, is, is actually facilitating the discrimination, actually building up themselves in a way where they can have that authority to discriminate against people and to violate people's rights. Because Take, for example, my situation. Uh, and, the right, and the right to get people to support them in violating their rights, the people. Yes, huh? because, I mean, some people have been misguided. There are people that have been misguided, and, and we have those that are genuinely doing this evil act. Mm -hmm. and, and right now, it's us, as responsible citizens, just like that, you know, saying, we are part of the, the patrimony of our country. We are responsible. We have to take up our responsibility as citizens of Dominica and fight against that level of discrimination, corruption, and so, so on. So, Bujo, your group, Moon Serie, for some years now, you have embraced this responsible citizenship position. And you feel there is need for your brothers and sisters across the country to be educated and to know what's up. How is that going? I will say it like that, Lennox. It is a slow process, but it is not a process that cannot be completed. Not an, I believe the people can be rich if you speak to them directly in a language which they can understand. So if you're speaking in the rum shop, you speak the rum shop language for the man on the ground to, to understand. If you're in the office, you speak the office language for the man in the office to understand what is going on in Dominica. My whole thing, our whole thing at Moon Sierra is to get the people to speak up and to speak loudly. We have too much whispering and grumbling about the things that are wrong in Dominica to ourselves. 
Yet when the people that are responsible for, for those grumbles come by, we seem to say nothing. You take, and that has to stop. We the people need to speak up about what hurts us. For example, the hospital. This affects all Dominicans. But for some reason, we cannot complain about the hospital, we cannot complain about the service, we cannot make a stand for better service. Why is the wait time in casualty going up rather than going down? Why isn't the hospital service actually improving? We as a people have a right to healthcare, a right, and good quality healthcare. And I, raised, and I was raised in a society where Dominica was number one in primary healthcare in the 80s. We are going to the hospital and coming down in body bags. That is a drastic reversal. This problem is not a political problem. It is a Dominican problem. And Dominicans need to understand what are political problems and what are societal problems. The hospital is a societal problem that needs fixing. We need to come together and understand why is the service bad in the hospital? What do we need to do as a people? Another issue that we have that we have to grapple with and understand, and Pyro sort of mentioned it, is police corruption. This is not a political issue. This is a social issue. Political corruption affects everybody. Not political, sorry. Police corruption affects everybody in Dominica. You cannot have a police corruption and expect justice. The people of Dominica need to understand that. The police is a situation that we must come together to deal with. There shall be a police. Yes, that's, that's what the Constitution says. But the police also know, needs to know, before the part of the Constitution that says there shall be a police, we have rights before that. And the rights of the people come even before there shall be a police. So we need to come together to deal with police corruption. We have corrupted um, commissioners of police, corrupted um, superintendents, and the only way to deal with the police is to face them head on, face the society head on, and call out the people that have been blatant corruption and violation of the law, like Daniel Carbon. Now, let's, let's put this on the table. The, the, there are a number of, of issues, uh, as you say. Some people, some of us choose to whisper or murmur or be silent about them. But they're real and they're before us because you have examples of conduct in the police force that is unacceptable. This, this brutality of, of people, this denial of people's rights, this uh, harassment of people who are simply on the streets demonstrating and uh, expressing their right to stand for rights and questioning government policy and government action, which is their right to do under the Constitution. The, the police have taken the position that they don't want that in this country, and therefore they will try their best to make you, who dare to speak or stand, as miserable as possible. They will try to intimidate you. They'll try to make it as difficult as they can for you to do what is your right to do. And now the question is, this is not new. This has been going on for years. And people like you and you have been on the receiving end of that for years. The call this afternoon is to, to, to the rest of the people. What, what will they do now that they have not done for the last two years as they have watched the, the brutality, as they have watched the harassment? What's next? Well, what's next for us as a people is only one way. Right now, when I look at it, I see we're at our rock bottom because we're living in a society where people are running away from it. If you look at, at, at take for instance, school living was in June gone there. Mm -hmm. Most of the students, where are they? A lot of them already fly out. People gone. live in the country. They've gone somewhere right. else. Even when you look at the administrators, how many of them are having their kids born here in Dominica? Mm. 
take an example right on the Prime Minister, how many of his children are born in Dominica? So they already know that what they're doing is not right. They already know the country is not on a good path. Mm. And, and, and they're not interested in fixing it. Yeah, but, but let, me, let me come back to Bourgeois because he raised the issue of healthcare and it being a right. I don't know if you heard the budget debate or if you heard more specifically the Minister of Health in his contribution to the debate. That was a brilliant painting of utopia in the health services of Dominica. <laughs> when we know what the reality is, because we have family and friends who visit the hospital, we visit them there, we know what the conditions are, we know the cries and the concerns that emerge from there, but as far as the minister is concerned, all is well. Now, what the minister was saying on behalf of the cabinet that he represents is as far as they're concerned, this hospital and the hospital services in Dominica is the best that can be provided for Dominica. It, it is great for Dominica. However, Dominicans also know that should anything happen to any one of these ministers or their children, the first flight out to America or somewhere else is their reality. And the Prime Minister told us clearly some years ago, if I, anything happened to me or my children, I can fly out, I have insurance, what about you? Okay. So what is excellent in their mind and they are, they are portraying it as such for Dominicans is not good enough for them. But that's okay. That seems to be okay for the people of Dominica because the misleading is what is having effect more than the leading that is supposed to come from the very people. So we are being misled into thinking that the hospital services are fine. And the way we know we are being misled is that those who are telling us it is the best for us run away from it when the opportunity comes for them to have health care. What, so how, we, how do we deal with that? We, we as a people, labor rights workers, Dominican people. Dominican people. Dominican people. Dominican human beings. Yes. You <laughs> need to look at that, that scenario of, I have insurance, what about you? Means the services in the hospital have nothing to do with the government officials. It is just something that exists in Dominica. They do not truly care about the hospital. Because if you really cared about the hospital and healthcare of the people, the first medicine is love. How can you be systematically taking your people out of the hospital and replacing them with foreigners? I'm not saying a foreigner cannot be dedicated to their job, but let us face the reality. A foreigner cannot love Dominicans like we're supposed to love ourselves. And once we can understand we do not love ourselves enough in Dominica to make healthcare a primary concern, a major factor to us, our nurses are not getting paid. They're going to England, Bahamas, wherever they can for higher salaries. They're not getting buses to go home. They're not getting anything. Then you contrast that with the foreign nurses they bring in housing, transportation, higher salary. Come on, people up there. You cannot be supporting the destruction of us. Mm. So, you, so somebody else can say, I love my PM. No, the PM doesn't love us. When he looks at our hospital with disdain, when he looks at our hospital as so unsafe that none of his children could be born here. This is the reality that we live in. This is not the fantasy that we, we live in. We live in the reality of death when we go to the hospital. Every Dominican is afraid of Princess Margaret Hospital, including the ministers. Why? <laughs> Why they have insurance and they're always on the first flight out because they are scared to death. What was, what was the investment in healthcare this year? 
I don't remember the number off the top of my head, but it's always significant because remember we have to you have to finish the China Friendship Hospital as it is now called, and uh, we have to put like the Margaret Hospital into operation because for more than a year you have a building standing there that has not offered any care, and you have a reality where preventable deaths. Deaths that we can prevent, deaths that we have ordinarily, in circumstances of death that we have ordinarily prevented in the past, are rising. And all we hear is the misleading statements that healthcare in Dominica has never had it so good. The reality is something totally different. Well, in the healthcare, I've always challenged the administration in terms of does Dominica truly have a hospital? Because under the definition, the architectural definition, we do not have a hospital. And the architectural definition is? Well, there are certain criteria and, and, and services that a general hospital has to meet. Mm. And, and our general hospital does not meet. For instance, it does not have dental services and a general hospital supposed to have dental services. For it to be defined as a hospital, there's a few other services, I mean, cafeteria, um, off the top of my mind that I could just easily. So you don't need to have dental services, it doesn't have cafeteria, it doesn't have um, a lecturing hall, and so on. And there are others. So, who defines and what institution like planning, for example, is supposed to be defining and saying, well, this is what a hospital is supposed to be like and, mm. and this is the standard of a hospital? Do we even have that level in our society where we're sending people out to study architecture, engineering and all these type of things and, and urban regulations and so on? And I mean, we have to be realistic. In yeah. the definition, we do not even have well, what is a hospital. In, in, my, in my head, it, it is simply a facility that provides health care. So, for example, where you have a building standing in Maragot called a hospital for mm. over a year, but nobody can go there for health care, that is not a hospital yet. No. You, you, see, you, see this, you see the point I'm making? Similarly, if the services, the health care services that we expect are, are supposed to be dealing with deaths that we can prevent. People, people go to, to the hospital so that it can be cured, they can be healed, so they can be prevented from dying. True. Uh, okay, that's yes. why you go to the hospital, yes. right? Said, Yo. um, but you find now more and more these days when you go there, uh, that is not your reality. You, you, you know, people come out, yeah, they, some of them go to the hospital to, to contract COVID. But it's here in and that is what it comes back to, that we do not really have a true definition of a hospital. We have a hybrid polyclinic, yes. Mm. We have polyclinics and hybrid polyclinics. Mm. But at the end of the day, when you look at a hospital and a specialized hospital, mm. we do not truly have that in Dominica. So, you do not, I, I, they have no <laughs> choice but to fly out because I, you need to go to a hospital. <laughs> not to interrupt you, Pyro, but... I always remember reading the plaque on yes, the hospital donated by the French government says a polyclinic on the plaque. In, the, in, in, uh, in up there. Princess, in the uh, Princess uh, Margaret uh, Hospital, there's a plaque that says the hospital was donated by the French to the, to the, to the, to the Mary Eugenia government. Mm -hmm. It's a, a polyclinic. That's yes. what the plaque says. It says what it so says. if the plaque that is mm -hmm. on the hospital says polyclinic, mm -hmm. the plaque. All right. Then that's what it is. Then that's what it is. Okay. Because Miss Charles didn't belong, it's a polyclinic. That's what was given to Dominica by the French. Mm -hmm. We haven't elevated the polyclinic to a hospital yet. In this, in this country where we were born and raised, where we're living, all of us would like to be first-class citizens in our country. We would like to know that we have opportunities to be involved in the building of Dominica, to be involved in the development of Dominica, to be able to make a living in Dominica based on the extent to which we sweat at our brows so that we can eat bread. Yes. All right? One, one of the things that Dominica has been grappling with 
in in recent years more and more is this lack of opportunity for Dominicans to work and uh, other people coming from other countries getting that opportunity to work so so now effectively you're reduced to, to second class status in your own country other people have more right to participate in the build out of your economy than you have with the same skill sets or probably better skill sets than some of them coming in have and if you look at the constitution it's a violation of the constitution mm -hmm. because in the preamble of the constitution it says that the economic activities of the country is supposed to be fairly distributed among the citizens for their well-being mm -hmm. right <laughs> that's a constitutional provision right mm -hmm. so when the government especially on these capital projects are taking these foreign companies and, and, and bypassing Dominicans. They're actually violating the without, Constitution. Without any tender, without any bid. Even, that makes it even worse. Even worse. Because on, on the question of people being working, so, so we take uh, major projects, construction projects in the public sector. Uh, it would be nice for our people in Dominica to be able to go and bid on a well, contract in St. Lucia and Barbados and so on, but but they have to build. Uh, they have to be able to build capacity here first. Well, I will say something to that, Lennox. Me, mm. I'm a trained architect. I studied in Cuba, six years, bachelor's degree in architecture and urbanization. Right. Um, we learn in construction economics that when you undertake these large capital projects, it's not just a matter of putting in the installation, but you also have a social responsibility, a responsibility to the society. That is why we always say that our number one resource is our human resource. People, the people, we the people are the number one resource. You can take a man and put him in a desert and he can make an oasis, mm -hmm. like how we have in Dubai. Right. Right. So the number one resource that we have is our human resource, the ideas, the capabilities. That is what that's going to develop us and push us as a people. But when you come and, and, and destroy the people, put the people in a condition, put us in a conditional, mental condition of, of degradation, mm. then you destroy the country. So putting in, taking these capital projects and handing them over to foreigners in this effect of globalization and economic and economics, you know, for whatever economic benefit that they yourself might gain mm -hmm. from those same companies, because there is a benefit yeah, to it, you know. You know, that's a, that's important because of the extent to which the rural economy has been decimated. People used to make money in in the rural areas before. Uh, they used to be selling their bananas, they used to be selling their agricultural products and so on. They were sending their children to school, to university. They were buying their vehicles, they were building their homes and so. A lot of that has disappeared right now and it, it is not being replaced. So the, the rural economy, we, we, have to, we have to find a way to pay attention to that because we still have people living in the rural economy. A lot of them are leaving and trying to get into town and stuff. But... The rural economy needs attention. The, the, the thing, though, is that when we when we when we look at what is happening, right, where opportunities to work are not coming to Dominicans, they're going to outsiders more and more. And somehow we find a way to accept that or to tolerate it. We basically are acting against ourselves and our own interests. Because it should not be that a government, the, uh, uh, a group of people elected to serve in government could be or, or should be allowing themselves to preside over a situation like that. Because Dominicans are being denied the opportunity to work in their own country, they're not, Dominican companies are not building capacity so that they can become competitive with those on the outside who are coming in all the time to take the job. How are you going to grow Dominica if the people of Dominica are not growing? Well, that is the situation that has to change. We cannot have as a leader of a country saying that, and I will paraphrase it, investing in the people is throwing money down a ravine. 
he was referring to public works. Mm -hmm. But since then, the government policy has actually shifted to, across the board, outsourcing our, all our labor, everything, all our construction project. So it is very easy to see that the government, through their policies, are systematically impoverishing Dominican people. So if we have nobody working in the construction economy that are Dominicans, then Dominicans cannot turn back and support the farmers who are in the rural community. It mm. is a knock-on effect. For example, and it's agriculture. For example, in the streets, the Prime Minister said free, free trees legal. Three so trees, free trees of, of cannabis, cannabis trees. Legal. Yeah, okay. You have the guys in the streets complaining about cannabis not selling because the government implemented free trees. But no, that is not true. What has happened is the people who would normally buy cannabis are not working, and that is the construction sector. Mm. They are the main drivers of cannabis sales. You can ask anybody in Dominica. And when you have a situation, for example, a building going up in Roseau where 90% of the workforce is foreigners, what exactly goes in, what exactly spreads in, in Roseau? Mm. The man from St. Lucia has to send money back home. What exactly spreads in Roseau? And this is the situation. What trickles down? That, and that <laughs> is what we face in, and we have to face the reality. Ten people waiting for a house in a neighborhood because that's what's happening. Ten people waiting for a house in the neighborhood. The entire neighborhood is silenced. Five, six hundred people. For example, the River Bank. Over six hundred, seven hundred people apply for 50 apartments. Seven hundred people that wouldn't complain that the gutters in Roseau would stink. Seven hundred people that apparently that don't complain that there are no jobs for them to, to have. And this is how the government is trapping us. By giving a few people and having the rest of us in silence, waiting, hoping, hoping. that we get, may get. But look at the history, people. We have not received. We will not receive. And this is something we have to decide as a people to change that. What, what, do, you make, what do you make of the situation where these, apartment, these apartments have been handed out now for three, four years, but nobody has title to any of the apartments? What would you make of that? That is entrapment, plain and simple. I have my own questions about the whole apartments business. Maybe I should ask you some of them on air. I haven't, I haven't found out how many apartments the government will contract, the MMCE will contract it to build yet. Plenty. I, plenty. That's no. If you write in a contract, a contract has to have a specific number. You cannot just give a man an open contract to build X amount of apartments. It, it cannot be working like that. My, my understanding of the relationship between the government and MMCE is that MMCE really has carte blanche to do what MMCE wants with the passport monies of Dominica that comes through the so-called housing option. Mm -hmm. okay? And uh, MMCE has never had to compete with anybody Question in, a tender, in an open tender for any of these projects. Whose money mm -hmm. is it? The two hundred thousand dollar investment for the passport. Whose money is it? Okay, hold, hold because on. I understand, like for example, the hotels mm. is, for example, Sam Sam has that money to invest in the hotel. The the, the money for the apartment is whose money? Okay. As far as I'm, I'm, I'm telling you what I believe should be the situation, because the explanation we got from the prime minister is that the, the housing option mm -hmm. was much like the economic diversification fund option, which is the vehicle through which the money, the $100,000 per investor, was coming directly into the treasury. Okay? The prime minister says they tweaked that and they made the housing option the same amount of investment like the Economic Diversification Fund, the direct cash contribution, which is $100,000. But instead of coming into the Treasury to build houses for the people of Dominica, it was being held in an escrow account, like the investor's money is being held in an escrow account. Yes. But everything that this money under the housing is doing is for the people of Dominica. 
I have concluded from that that this money is being unlawfully held in escrow overseas because it is money for housing in Dominica. It's a public purpose. It is not a private investment in hotels or something else that we are facilitating. It is money for a public purpose of housing being collected from the sale of Dominican passports. None of the persons who are putting the $100,000 has any investment stake in the houses. It's Dominicans, and therefore that money ought not to be held overseas. The, the holding of that money overseas is unlawful. It is unconstitutional. That is my opinion. All right. Well, I agree with that opinion of yours because a donation is revenue to the state. And to me, even if the money is held in an escrow account, it must be accounted as state revenue. And it is disingenuine for a leader of a country to say he put money on the side of, a tre of the treasury knowing very well that that money actually belongs to the state. It is not, as you say, it is not secret-based investment capital. It is Dominica's money held in escrow. So even if it's in escrow, it's supposed to be counted as part of our revenue. As Dominica's money. It's Dominica's money. So my next question is, where did change on all that investment? The change? Yeah, the change. After, after you... For apartment bills, apartment who take bills. what? Where did change on that money? Because it is <laughs> Dominican somebody, money. Right, so somebody's holding the change. Somebody holding the change. Uh, and who holding the change? Years ago, years ago, when I was a little boy growing up, my mother used to give me money to go to the shop to buy a message. If you give me a $5 and the message costs $4.10, I have to bring back 90 cents change for her. We learned that. So you're asking about the change. Yes. If you have, if you have, and we have a very interesting situation. I have counted $5.4 billion that we made from the sale of Dominican passports between 2016, 1st of July, and 2020, 30th of June. Four years. $5.4 billion. $5,400 million from the sale of our passports. And from that money over those four years, only $1.2 billion, $1,200 million has come into the Treasury, which leaves out there a balance that we have not accounted for. Because anything that doesn't come through the formal accounting process that is governed by the parliamentary oversight in this parliamentary democracy, we don't know what happened to it. And of that money, because only 1.2 came through the Treasury, that's all we had sight of. We don't know what happened with the other $4.2 billion. That is the change we're talking about. Or if they used from the $4.2 billion to build houses, to build hospitals, to build health centers, to build community centers, where is the change? If they're going to use from it to build the airport, from my calculations, we already have enough money out there to build the airport, we don't have to raise a cent more. We can build the airport with what we already have. Where's the change? That's my question. All right. Um, <laughs> some people are trying to get into this program. We will take your phone calls, 449 449-3096, 449-3097, and 616-4257. We're talking with Kashma Richards, Buju, and uh, Davidson Julian, Pyro from the Muncia area group and we're with you until the two o'clock hour nature island dominica civil liberties foundation inc nidcliffe uniting our kalanago and afro-caribbean nature yeah. islanders and friends of dominica at home and abroad coming together to help preserve the integrity of dominica's democracy human rights and civil liberties ensuring free fair and competitive elections on a level playing field within a system that guarantees freedom of expression belief and association respect for the inalienable rights of individuals and minorities respect for the rule of law for free communications media and free from psychological mental and physical abuse of women minors the elderly and young men Nidcliffe is committed to engaging in advocacy, to providing assistance, and to support efforts at raising civil defense funds from individuals, corporations, donor agencies, international NGOs, state agencies, and affiliates to help Dominican's efforts at home and abroad, geared to preserve the people's human rights 
democracy, and civil liberties in our nature island, Dominica. Nitcliff will engage with partners and affiliates in Dominica and worldwide for preservation of human rights, protection of civil liberties, prevention of political victimization, protection of NGOs, fighting against police brutality, supporting police reforms and community policing, promoting peaceful protests, advocacy for good and accountable governance, promotion of law and order, mobilization against corruption in public office, advocacy for integrity in public office, advocacy against public economic waste and abuse of state assets, protection of the environment, protection of architectural heritage and promotion of resilience against the negative impacts of climate change. Go to our website, www.nidclf.org, or if you would like to make a donation, contact us by email at nidclf at gmail.com. Nature Island Dominica Civil Liberties Foundation, Inc. Nidcliffe, working to help unify and build Dominica and our Afro-Caribbean and Kalanago brothers and sisters at home and abroad. Nidcliffe, fighting to save our Nature Island Dominica. It's 151. Uh, someone on the telephone. Good afternoon. Hi, good afternoon. Greetings to you, Mr. Linton. And your Greetings, guests. Doc. Greetings, From Doc. How are, you, how are you doing? How are you doing? Everything blessed. It's difficult to want to weigh in when I hear you guys talking about our health care situation. Or, <laughs> I don't know if I should even call it. I should call it sick care instead of health Sick care. All right. Um, yes, yeah, so I just wanted to, to give make a little contribution there to add to what I heard. And what I really wanted to add is that it's not, it's not just about the fact that the institution supposed to prevent you from dying. I mean, the institution really, from a doctor's point of view, is to relieve your pain and suffering. And what we have in Dominica now is that for the majority of Dominicans, the place where they have a legitimate expectation that if they go there, they will have the relief of pain and suffering. The reputation is getting so bad that people are making themselves worse by refusing to go there because they fear the outcome. Now, if you fear the outcome of going to the hospital and you have to go there and you end up going there three days late, that's when you, your morbidity is going to be worse. You mightn't die, but something you should have fully recovered from, you might partially recover from it. Because the longer you stay to go there to seek medical attention that you need that won't get better on its own, the habit of you not returning to your normal state of health. And that is the problem I am more and more experiencing with patients because Patients are refusing to go to the hospital because they're afraid to go there. How can that be when you, that's where, within the, the, our normal living, you're supposed to go to relieve your pain and suffering? So I think that is as, just as important as the deaths and, and all those other things that we hear people complain about. But people might not realize the extent to which you have a broken leg, um, you stay too long to go because you're afraid to go. By the time you go, the surgeon cannot fix the leg for you as well as he could because by then it, it got so worse. And then you may not have the equipment. You may not have the expertise to treat the worsened condition. So for me, that's a worse scenario than we understand. I, and I don't think people understand that. And I think... The, the public needs to be aware of that because this fear they have of going to the hospital is also undermining their, their, their health and their well-being. So I think something needs to be done, both at the hospital level and for patients to realize that even if you're afraid, it makes no sense not going. Um, because if you don't go, you will still end up there three days later and by that time, you will be worse. And I'm talking from personal experience. So I just wanted right. to add that to the discussion. Thank, thank you. Thank you very much, Doc. All right, gentlemen. Well, I want to speak about somebody in our society. It's not my thing to really talk about people, but there's one person in 
our society who I have to mention today before we leave them mm -hmm. is Thomas Lita, the union boss. Now, I have been of the observation that Thomas Lita gets no flack in the society, really. He gets a free pass at a lot of the nonsense that he does. But he should be getting flack, why? <clears throat> Sean Douglas had an interview with Thomas Slater not too long ago. Uh -huh. And Thomas Slater said, Dominicans have a habit of taking out governments and suiting where any government that is there. I never hear no blowback of that. Nobody never say nothing. It just passed by. But is that, is that true? No. <laughs> I bought 1980. Mm. So I have to analyze before 1980. So here we go. The Freedom Party basically overthrew Labour Party. They stayed there and they sooty were mistress for 15 years suppressing workers. That is my analysis. Then you get to 1995 as in SME. Mm. So, SME. You had Edison James as the Prime Minister. That five years, the union attacked the government. They had the government under pressure. So this is not our government, so we're pressurizing them. Then you get to 2000 and Labour Freedom Coalition comes into office. Mm. And for the next 25 years, nothing, mm. nothing. Nothing. Okay, so, so the question I have for you, how, how is Thomas Leder, the individual who has been selected or elected to be the General Secretary of the Public Service Union, how is he to blame for that? Mr. Linton, did you know the price of milk in the year 2000 was $1.86? It is close in, in to... Two, it, in 2000, right? In 2000, $1.86. Mm. It is now close to $4. Every time negotiation comes up, this man makes excuses for government it had. It mm. this accepting one percent why he looks at the government ripping off the people why he looks at the government corrupting the police why he looks at the government corrupting the judiciary last i checked in 1979 it wasn't about salary increase the government fall it was about social justice and that man has advocated social justice to distract dominicans on salaries which he is not getting for the people in the last 20 years. So inflation, which is destroying the people right now, what is he going to ask for next salary negotiation? 2%? Or is he going to ask for 20% to maybe, accommodate the level of inflation of the last 20 we'll years? Maybe for 15% <laughs> or 20%. You offered him 15%. You know what mm. Mr. Leta said? Who asked you? Who ask you? Can you imagine the union, somebody offering the workers 15% interest and the response of the union leader is who ask you? We didn't ask you for a raise? Well, yeah, but he, he was saying, he was probably suggesting at the time, well, who were you to be suggesting that because you're in opposition? We only talk to people in government. Anyway, gentlemen, quick quick final comment. We, we, we out of time, uh, Davidson. Yeah, well... It was good to be on the air, I mean, after a long time that we have not been on the air, so... You, you, you're going to come back. You're going you're gonna to come back sometime soon, all right? Yeah, sure. We, we, have, we have other matters to talk about. No problem. But what I would like is for us as a people to realize our reality mm. and come to the, the conclusion that, that our, con our situation is one that requires some action and time for us to act. Because we're looking around and we're seeing a lot of nonsense and right now it has gone overboard. I mean, if somebody bribe you, they're not going to bribe you to represent your interests, you know. You know, so it's about yeah, time yeah, yeah. bribe you to control you. Right. So it's about time we recognize that mm -hmm. all what is happening there is not in our interest. Right now it's time for us to take our responsibility and take up our interests as a people, you know, so it's on us. It's us to take up our responsibility. It's, it's on us. Would you have the last word? 30 seconds. I would agree with Pyro right about now. It's not about the government. It's not about the police. It's not about the institutions. It's about the people in Dominica on the ground coming together, mm -hmm. making the choice for change that we all desire, that we all talk about in silence and say it loud. There's one course of action alone we can take in Dominica. And that is to ask the government, demand that the government resign with immediate effect. This is what the society 
must come together and accomplish. Shut it down, get them to resign, and let us take all those wonderful ideas that we have and make Dominica the best place that we want it to be. For the sons, the daughters, for the children of Dominica, all the time. That's the time we have this afternoon. Thank you, Bourgeois. Thank you, Pyro, for sharing the hour. Thank you to the people of Dominica for being with us. We're back tomorrow morning on the hot seat, back tomorrow afternoon on the Talk on the Block. Uh, good afternoon, Matt Peltier. Good afternoon to Sheridan Gregoire and Mr. G and the Q family. Good afternoon to the people of Dominica. I love you all the time. See you tomorrow.